I was reading this passage the other day. Thank you very much. And uh, I started looking at it. And it's amazing how many different people will say uh, stuff about a passage and how wrong they can actually be about it. And uh, so, uh, so I look up all the commentaries and I pick Doc's commentary. Not to say the Doc's always right, but most of the time he is. Uh, I got to hand it to him on a couple things. And he, he goes out and he says, everybody's wrong. And he, he was right. They're all wrong. Uh, and I started reading that thing. And I'm like, but there's something more into that thing than just Ephesians chapter 3. What a great passage. Don't stand up. I'm just going to I'm going to say a couple things first. Uh, go through about half of my message before uh, I get to the message. Uh, Paul's sitting here talking to the, the uh, Ephesians. I want to pray. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for everybody that came out. Thank you for the specials. Thank you for the congregationals, Lord. Just thank you for uh, the Word of God, Lord, that we can hold in our hand and a song book that we can still sing and praise you, uh, Lord. Uh, the next week is a, a thing of thank- Thanksgiving is going to be next week, and Lord, it's a holiday that really is probably the best Christian holiday that our country could have. Uh, Lord, it's a, a time of thanksgiving. Lord, help us to be thankful. Uh, let it reflect on, on the things that you did for us and what is in the future for us. And Father, what a blessing it is just to be able to name the name of Christ. Uh, Lord, bless the morning service. And Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Uh, Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night, uh, Brother Tim just reminded me, uh, we'll have, there'll be testimonies. I got a message to preach, but if, if uh, we have enough testimonies, we'll just do testimonies before we eat. Uh, we like eating. Eating is good. I'm on a diet, but I'll break it for those couple days. And, and then uh, Christmas, I'll break it for Christmas and break it for New Year's and probably gain 20 pounds and have to go back on the diet. But uh, anyways, uh, we'll have testimony. So if you, you want to give a, a testimony about what the Lord's done for you in the last year or anything, uh, get prepared for it and just get your mind set for it and just think about it and, and uh, start thinking about it. See if the Lord shows you something to say. And then uh, Tuesday night, you won't be uh, caught off guard when you get an opportunity to give a testimony. The best thing you could ever do in your life is give a testimony. As a, as a Christian, the world needs to hear, you know, when you encourage other people when you give a testimony. Uh, I like giving testimonies, man. I like, I like talking about, I mean, the, the worst thing I can ever find myself in position is find myself in a room with another sailor. Because we both want to tell our stories. And I'm like, yeah, yeah really, brother, it messes everything up. I mean, it just messes it all up. So anyways, Ephesians, Paul, Paul is sitting here in the book of Ephesians, and he is, he's, uh, Ephesians is a strange book, and in the, in the, in the Colossians, uh, they sit there and they make a comment at the end of Colossians that said, that, read this at La- uh, Laodicea, and some of the uh, scholars think that uh, the book of Ephesians really wasn't written to a church, it was written to, uh, uh, the Ephesians was written to more of the church, and that the book of Ephesians is the book of Laodicea, and, and they just added the book of Ephesians, the name on it. I don't know whether that's true or false, but in any case, I don't really care. The, Paul, in verse 1, chapter 1, uh, verse 1 and 2, it's his salutations to the Ephesians, and he's talking to them. He greets them. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, uh, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus. So he's talking to the people at Ephesus, and in verse 2, it's the position of the believer in Christ. And brethren, we gotta, we, you ought to be thankful today about some things that's in your life Paul is going through this book right here, and he's talking about us in general, but there are some things that the Lord has given you. That last song, he said, Jesus is always there. He's always there. When when you need him, why wouldn't he be? Have you ever thought about that? You know why he says, if you you ask, you have not because you ask not. When you ask, you ask amiss. You know why James says that? Because you don't have faith to ask. Do you really believe that he's listening to what you say? 
I do, man. I think he really does. I think he listens. I, I have watched way too much stuff over the last 43 years to not know that. I mean, I'm telling you, brother, it's crazy. Spiritual blessings of, in verse 4, chapter 1, verse 4, it says, according as he had chosen us. You know he's chose you? Yeah, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Now, there it gets into, uh, I'm going to get in the word here, predestinated us. You got to understand predestination. Don't jump off on, well, I'm, I'm going to get saved and I'm saved because I'm going to get saved and nobody can stop me from getting saved because I'm going to get saved. No, that's, you were predestined in him before the foundation of the world. Christ got predestined. He's the only one in your Bible got predestined. All the rest of us, when we got in him, then we get predestined back to the foundation of the world. You got to get in him. If you're lost in here today, you're not predestined. If you die and you're lost, you'll never get predestined. The only way you never get predestined is trust Jesus Christ, your Savior. That's verse 5. Verse 6. Look at this. To the praise of, of the glory of his grace, wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved. You're accepted. Do you understand? He, you're accepted in the beloved. It doesn't matter what the person next to you thinks. I'm accepted in Christ. Amen. He, I'm, I mean, he's happy with me right now. Why wouldn't I want to talk to him? Why wouldn't I? You know, I'm thankful for some of this. I, I'm thankful for Paul. I don't know about y'all, but boy, I really like. Verse, verse 7. Verse 7 is cool too. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his. I'm saved. Amen. Saved by the blood of the crucified one. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm saved today. What are you talking about? Somebody's thankful. This kid's thankful. I am very thankful. I'm, I'm trying to hit through this as fast as I can. Uh, verse 8. Verse 8. He goes, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. People say, well, I don't know what God, you should have the wisdom to make some decisions and prudence. He gave you that. You're supposed to abound in that stuff. It's all sitting here. Paul's sitting here talking about, uh, how about verse 11? In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. You got an inheritance waiting for you. You don't ever have to worry about moth corrupting it or anything. It's you got an inheritance waiting for you out there. I like that, man. I like that. Paul says in verse 15, he goes, to, and, he, and he starts praying. He goes, uh, the prayer, he goes, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love of the saints, cease not making mention of you, uh, of you in my prayers, that the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom. That way you know exactly what to do. You understand what's happening. You can see the whole mess of the world. You make the right decisions. You can come out from among them and be separate. Say, the Lord, well, I've tried it. I've heard people say, well, I do that. I do that. Yeah, but it's like you're, like you're making yourself do it. It's like you really want to be there, but you're going to, because you know something. No, 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 no. He gives you the wisdom to understand how to do that. And then he goes on and says, he goes, uh, uh, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. You know, the more you get to know about him, the more thankful you become about him because all of a sudden you start seeing your future. My future's out there somewhere way beyond the blue. I like that, man. I just like it. Uh, verse uh, 8, I like How about this one? The revelation of, of the knowledge of Christ, Ephesians 1.18. That your eyes, that your eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of, your, of his calling and the riches of, of his glory, of the, his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, Lord? Brethren, you have at your fingertips something that most, most people on this planet never have. You have the power of God at your fingertips. The question is, are you availing that power? What a waste, man. What a waste. I, I tell you what, when I was in school, up at ETA school, I, I thought it was, it, to me, it's a waste. You got three instructors sitting down there at nighttime, and, eight, and we're all up here at the daytime, and we only get eight hours. When they offered me another six, seven, eight hours a night, that was 16 hours a day. I said, yeah, let's do it, man. That is great. Why waste the time? Oh, people say, well, I'm going to go out and get 
party and I want to go out and have fun every night. I want to do my school in the day and I want to go, well, fine, go do what you want to do, but you're wasting that additional eight hours. You can do that down the road somewhere, man. I got to fall down. I fell down the mountains over in, in the, the Alps. I skied. Well, I didn't ski. I fell. I fell all the way down the mountains. Uh, I didn't know nothing about skiing. I, I you know, over here, these, these slopes here are not slopes. They are bunny hills at the best. Over there, man, when you get on a train, they call it a tram, and it goes up the side of the mountain, and it lets you off, and you get off another one, it takes you on up, and, and you're asking, where's the bunny hills? Where's the bunny hills? Oh, they're up at the top. No, no, it starts intermediate and goes expert. That's it, that's it all the way down. I could do nothing but fall all the way down that mountain. That, I, I didn't know how to ski. You start skiing, and you, I mean, I could stand up, and you start traveling like 100 miles an hour. You know it's going to hurt. No matter what you do, you're going to go over the edge, it's going to hurt. You're going to fall here, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. So let's just get this hurt out of the way. And you fall and roll all over the place. And people come, I got to do all that stuff. After I did the 18, 16 hours a day, 15, 14, 15, 16 hours a day of training. I got to go over there and then I had the time to do all this stuff. And, and all the other stuff came into play. Hey, there's, it's time to have fun. But, the, but in the future, man... The Lord has got something for me out. I was talking to uh, somebody a few minutes ago, and it's it like, in the future, I have some stuff out there. And so do you. But it's not going to be there unless you put it there. You have an opportunity to put it there. It's just not going to be there. I have an opportunity down here right now to put an extra some overtime in and get some stuff out there that I'm going to be glad I got it out there when I got it. And I'm going to be for all eternity Brethren, you're talking eternity, not five or six minutes, not 60, 60 years or 70, 80 years. I'm talking 100 billion years later, and it still goes on. Well, actually, they don't even count in 100 billion years. It's just eternity. Man, you can't. Eternity past, eternity future, you can't go get it. Christ's position over the church, 120. It says right here, it says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand, in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers, and might and dominions, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in uh, that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet. That's Jesus Christ, by the way. Every single thing is placed under his feet. Brother, you come to him, he says, there's no other way. He says, I am the door. That's not being arrogance at all. He's just telling you the truth. He goes, which is, uh, he says, and, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. He needs to be your head. Nothing else needs to be your head. Which is the body, which is his body, the fullness of him which filleth all. Now, as I was reading down through here, I got into verse chapter 2 there. And uh, let's see, where is that? The, the church? 2. Alive with Christ, 1 through 10. Chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. You know, if you're in here today and you're saved. And you know you've trusted Jesus Christ. There was a day you were dead in your sin. You may not have, you was walking around, you filled everything, you stopped down at Dairy Queen, got yourself a, a, a Snickers blizzard if they still had them. You ate that thing, you enjoyed it, you were dead in your sin. Eating the blizzard wasn't sin. You were in sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's just the way it was. He quickened us. He gave us life. You talk about being thankful? I've got eternal life sitting out there waiting on me on the other side. It's, as a matter of fact, I got it right now. I'm, I'm in eternal life right now. You're either in eternal death or eternal life. I just choose life. He raised us up. He gave us a place in eternity 
Look at verse 6. Verse 6, chapter 2, verse 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There's a whole bunch of stuff in that verse. There's a possibility that half of me is sitting in heaven. Where's the example? John goes up at Revelation chapter 4, and he sees the 12 elders. Uh, uh, says 4 and 20 elders, 24 elders. Uh, that is probably the 12 tribes of Jacob and the 12 apostles. And John's one of those 12. And he's looking at himself sitting in heavenly places right now. I'm like, okay, I'm done with this thing, man. I said, Lord, I'm sitting up there. Half of me's there, raised up, gave us a place in eternity. Verse 7, to be with him forever. That in the ages to come, ages. Brethren, what we have, I have not seen nor ear heard nor entered the hearts of men, the things that God had prepared for them to love. We let this world trick us into things that we think that it has for us that mean absolutely nothing. In the, in the grand scheme of the whole thing. Citizens, verse 19. Look at verse 19. I'm, I'm just buzzing through these. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens. You became a citizen of that far country with the saints and the household of God. It's like you didn't even get a green card, man. You got, you got a card. You got a license, man. I'm, I got an Ohio license. I don't need no green card, man. I'm not, I'm not some alien that came into our country and they gave me this little card so I can get stuff. No, no, no. I've got an actual ID card. I can fly anywhere I want to go. He gave me that. That's what I got. I'm a citizen of the household of God. Uh, verse Chapter 3, verse 1. Chapter 3. This is where I'm getting. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, uh, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known. I got a book sitting in front of me that tells me everything I need to know about my future. I've got a future, and it's in him. It's always been in him. It's going to be in him. It's always going to stay in him. I don't want it to be in anything other than him. Uh, Paul's prayer, though. Here's where I want to go. Paul's prayer, 14, 314. For this cause, I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of, of his glory, to be strengthened with might by the Spirit, in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that, ye, that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Father, thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for the passage. I do pray that you bless the message now. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I have more power right now at my fingertips than, than Donald Trump and, and President Joe Biden, President Donald Trump, President Joe Biden, and uh, Vladimir Putin, and every other leader on the face of this planet. If you combined everybody on this planet in one place at one time and took all the power of all the nations, I got more power in my fingertips than they ever will have. You know what our problem is? Is we don't avail that power. We let this world get us depressed. Instead of being thankful, you let it bother you. 
Hey, man, I know it's, it's going down the tubes. If you come up to me, I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to go down the tubes. Uh, I will tell you don't buy nothing right now because you're going to lose it. You say, why? Well, lose it, man. I mean, it's all set up. If you want it, guess what? You buy something, they got it set up, so if you lose it, you can go bankrupt. You can get out of it. It's all set up. It's, it's, a, it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick. The whole thing's a gimmick. If you can get through life, there's a lot of people who got through life. And they got through it, and they bought stuff, and they paid for it, and they got through it. There's going to come a day when we won't do that. You know what? There's no use to get depressed about it. This is just going to happen. Paul's sitting here talking to the Ephesians. And he sits there, and he makes it in, in 18. He says that, that may be able to comprehend with all saints. You're, he wants you to understand a couple things. And he says this. This is what really gets me. What is the breadth? One, length and depth and height. That's four facets of something. And I don't know about you, but brother, we live in a three-dimensional world. No matter how you look at that thing, it, it, I, don't, I don't care how you look at it, any way you look at it, uh, you're going to add to, subtract from, you got to do something because it ain't going to work out any other way uh, than that. Here, I'll take this right here. No, here's perfect. I'll still steal Amy's birthday book. I won't put it back. Yeah, she said, you better put it back. That's a three-dimensional thing you're looking at. It's got three sides. No matter how I hold that and look at it, I can see three sides at any given time. That's just where I'm at in the universe. You cannot see four sides at one time. He gave you four things. Breath, length. If I take length this way, height this way, and depth, that's three. That's three-dimensional. That fourth one is just slid in there. I know Paul's talking about heaven. They ain't doubt my mind. He has to be talking about heaven. He got caught up to the third heaven over there. He, he seen some stuff. And it goes on and on and on. How else would you explain that? I know what that thing means. But you know what the typical preacher, when they look at that, they don't even see that, that aspect of it. And they go off onto some other things. This, this is really, that is exactly what that is. Paul is giving you a perspective of heaven. That's where I'm going to start. Brother, one of these days, you're going to take your last breath. And that's where you're going. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You either go there or some other place. I, I won't say hell because people get upset when you say hell. But hell is just not. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. It was not made. You know what? Heaven was made for us. The Lord wants us there. There's no reason why anybody should go to hell. There's not a single. The world is deceiving us. Everybody's going to. It's appointed unto man wants to die. We're all going to die. We went to a funeral the other day. We went into a, a, a mortuary, and they had crypts, and the heater came on. I'm like, what do they need a heater in here for? They're all dead. Everybody in the room is dead. Nothing cold. I was like, I, was like, I mean, the, the place is all stone and got a little thing. And I was looking. I said, man, they got one. They got, like, extra holes, and nobody's in it. I'm like, I wonder what it costs to get in it. It costs up to 20 grand to get into one of those holes. I'd rather be put in the ground. It doesn't matter where you put. You pull one of those caskets out of them holes in that room, and they're just as dead in there as they are in the ground out there. They're dead. They say, oh, that's called Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. It's, the dead are no, is not important to him. You know why? He can bring them back to life. He don't ever, when he comes to the rapture that day and he says, come up hither, those that are his are coming up. Those that aren't, aren't. <laughs> How can he do that? He's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. I like being on his side. I don't know about you, but I think it's the greatest side in the whole wide world to be on. I like being there. I'm going to stay there. Uh, Ephesians 3.14, he sits there and says, the breath. I want to look at those things. I know we're in heaven. I know we're talking about heaven. 
But God made heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ spoke it into being. He made everything. It says all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So he made it all. So if I'm going to look at him, he has to be that fourth dimensional God. What he says has to speak. I'm going to start right where he's at. You know where my Lord's at right now? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Could you imagine looking at heaven? Revelation, Revelation 5, 9 says, And hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Revelation 5, 11 says, And the number of them was ten thousands times ten thousand and thousands of thousands. The book of Revelation seems to be particularly interested in the breath of Christ's love. I think Christ's love, I think everything about Christ is mentioned in those four passages. Breath, length, depth, and height. And when I, I can apply those right to him and look at exactly what he did. When you're sitting in heaven and you look, and as far as the eye can see in any direction, is people. Brother, that's exciting. We're in a world today where churches are going down tubes left and right. I got people all the time say, Mike, man, you guys, she'll tell Joe, Joe, even Joe, yo, y'all doing a great work up there. I'm like, we are. I'm like, you're talking about 8 billion people on this planet, and we might have 70 or 80 in here today. A hundred, I don't know how many, but I mean, 8 billion, what is this amount of people to 8 billion? That's pretty depressing when you really look at it. <laughs> it's like, what exactly have you done in life? I'm like, Lord, I haven't done nothing, man. I mean, the best I could do is get 70, 80 people together. Is that, is that very good? He goes, guess what? If everybody would get 70 or 80 people together, the whole world would be together. He goes, but they haven't. You've done a great thing. And he goes, in eternity, when it's all said and done, he goes, that's what you want to look at. You know what you need to look at today and be thankful is eternity. You want to keep that thing as far as, we're giving up Thanksgiving. Are you thankful? Or are you upset because you don't have, uh, that young man that passed away the other day, Joe, got, Joe knows for a fact he's saved. I mean, we're going to see him on the other side. You know what he said a couple days? I mean, his life was just miserable. He had problems. I talked to his mom, and his, she looked at me, and she said, three weeks ago, he said he just wished he could die and go home to be with his dad. He already knew where he wanted to be. I said, well, sis, I said, he's there now. And I said, and he ain't got no problems no more. Brother Joe mentioned that during the sermon. He ain't got a single problem one, except maybe the Lord looking at him and said, aren't you sad you did that? But you know what? I think the Lord even looked at us. And he knows our frame. He knows our, how frail we are and what we've got ourselves into in this world and understands the pressures on us. And, brethren, I tell you what, I don't think that stuff is even a matter to him. I said, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. He didn't say how you died. He said death of his saints. When a saint comes home, it's precious. Why? There is something valuable there. They're looking out at all these people. The book of Revelation seems to be particularly interested in the breadth of Christ's love. Everybody there, could you imagine for all eternity? Now, this is hard to, this, you're going to be glorifying Jesus Christ for all eternity. Everybody, as far as you can see, around, front, back, I guess, I, I mean, there's no back, so there has to be people behind him. I mean, I, how do you do, what do you do with the breath? You breathe. No, that's not what he's talking about. There's another facet of height, width, and depth called breath that adds in there somewhere that is, it, I, I don't know where you put the thing. Except you're in his dimension and it's like everywhere at, all at once. You're going to be worshiping Jesus Christ. Can you figure that out? Have you ever thought about that? What does that mean? So for all eternity, not for 67 years, forever, I'm going to be praising God. And you don't now? And we don't now? What's wrong with that? Isn't there a problem here? 
This is, this is what's going to happen to us. And the Lord says, look, I've got this at your fingertips. I've done told you, read Ian Bounds' book, everything's going to fall apart, but you're going to learn how to do this thing. He goes, you can pray. I pray. I get all kinds of answers to prayer. He goes, ah, it's deeper than that. He goes, Mike, it's a whole lot deeper than that. You know what your problem is? You're not deep yet. Deep, deep, and what? Deep, and what? You're not there yet. We know all the songs. You're not there yet. You can get a whole lot more out of what you got than what you're getting. And you're not getting it. You're, you're cheating yourself. I'm sitting there going, man, Lord, one day in the glory, we will see that perfectly, that everything is there. The breath of his love. The answer, the answer is to look back at the breath. I'm going to buzz through some of this stuff pretty quick. The answer is look back at Christ's love. The answer about looking at, is looking ahead. You've got to look ahead. You've got to say, okay, if the world falls apart, they said Trump's going to run for president. Who really cares? Well, and then you hear half of them say, well, he shouldn't. Or McCarthy shouldn't be this. Or, or, or uh, here's Joe Biden thinks, President Joe Biden thinks, oh, we did really good. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody told a joke. Oh, no, I ain't going, I shouldn't do that. That's kind of incredible. <laughs> but about him and the other guy, <laughs> and they didn't know where they were at, but they were getting you know, something. I, I, I better shut up. It's not good. Revelation, Revelation 7, 9 says, and after this, behold, uh, after this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongue, stood before the throne, stood before the throne and before the Lamb. You know what the Lord wants? He wants people in heaven. And he's not going to do whatever it takes to get you there. He's going to put in front of you everything you need to get there. He says, I am the door. He's going to put that right in front. If the thief on the cross is dying, has minutes to live, can look at the, a man named Jesus Christ hanging on another cross right in front of him and get that thing that he needs to go wherever he's going. And he says, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And he gets it like that. There's no excuse for us not getting it. The problem is you're looking at the wrong thing. He could have been looking at the other thief. He could have been looking at everybody in the crowd feeling sorry for him. He didn't care about none of them. You know, he got to the point in his life where nothing else seemed to matter. Except that. Because that is the next thing in my life is going to happen. I think I better figure out this thing real quick. He told the other guy to shut up. He said, I'm tired of hearing you. I want to hear this man right here. Hey, you, remember me. He said, you got it. You know, the, 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 the breadth of Christ is heaven. And the height is heaven. And the depth is heaven. And you start reading about that thing, it gets, it gets crazy. You would go insane trying to figure that thing out. You can't do it. 10,000 times 10,000 in sparkling raiment bright. The armies of the ransomed saints throng up the steeps of light. Tis finished, all is finished. Their fight with death and sin. Fling open wide the golden gates and jet the victors in. Hey, I ain't there yet. But a lot of my brothers and sisters are. And I've got a book that tells me about that thing. And the Lord says, Mike, you need to... Paul is sitting here says the breath. He goes may be able to comprehend with all saints. Do you ever think about the breadth? Do you ever think, I mean, really seriously, have you ever thought about the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height? Have you ever thought about that? Has it entered into your life in a day's time where you thought about God? He goes, and he goes on, and to know the love of Christ. Well, if you can't figure out the breadth, depth, height, and, and length, you're not going to get the love. 
He says, you need to, and guess what? Right before that, he says, may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Well, the, the 17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. How's your love doing? You know, it's a hard thing to love somebody sometimes. The Lord says you got to love them anyways. Could you imagine the Lord looking in front of, standing in front of Pilate? And they just, I mean, he's blood all over him and ripped off, skin's all cut up and everything else where he's been beat to, I mean, with an inch of his life. Uh, Psalm 22, go read Psalm 22 or Isaiah, Isaiah 53. Uh, you go read all that stuff and you see how he is. He's just mangled and he's sitting there in, in front of Pilate and he still did not want to see Pilate go to hell. He did not want to see Judas go to hell. He did not want that. He doesn't want to see anybody go to hell. Yet they go, and they do on their own free will. He's not going to buck your free will. He's going to give you a choice, and you got to make that choice. Paul sits there and says, one day in glory, we, we shall see that perfectly. We will, man. One of these days, I'm going to get in glory. And as soon as I pop in there like Paul did, and, you know, Paul tried to kill himself. I mean, more times, you're talking about suicide. That guy became a suicidal maniac after he came back after uh, 2 Corinthians. He didn't want to stay here no more. I don't blame him. He was ready to go, and he didn't care how he got there. He knew, he knew that there was something better on the other side. There's the breath, the breath of God's love. You realize how much he loves you today? He's done all of this to get you in. He's allowed all of this stuff to happen. I'm sure there's other ways to do it, that he could have created another universe out there somewhere and done something totally different. I mean, he's God. He's the Lord. He can do whatever he wants, but this is what he chose and you go out there and see the green grass and the trees growing in the fall. Beth loves the fall. She sees all the trees growing and the changing colors and all the different reds and greens and yellows and oranges and, and just the different purples and all that stuff. She's, oh, uh, is that so pretty? And then all they fall off and then it's all cold and dreary and, and dry and, and, I mean, just limbs and twigs and everything else. And then snow and then cold and, and freezing and wood and all that stuff. And you sit there and say... That's God, man. Your eyeballs, you see that stuff. You see the colors. It's just in this room, the colors go around here. And he's placed all that at my fingertips where I could come to the saving knowledge of him. The breath of God is so vast that we have missed that because it's simple. It's just simple. You don't, you don't get this by accident. I mean, come on, man. Look at your fingers and your head, your toes. How did I know my head needed to be up here and not on my knee? I mean, how did, how did you know that? How did, how did you know that? Somebody was just talking, I think it was Brother Dave talking about, a, 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 was that you talking about the uh, orchid? Some, oh, yo, no, it was Brother Barry. He said, the back of an orchid looks like, I ain't going to say everything he said, but he said, the back of an orchid looks like something that will attract something else. How did the orchid know it needed to get the back of itself looking like that so the bug would fly in there and do what it's supposed to do? How was it supposed to know that? How did a chameleon know it needed to change colors to match a branch so a bird wasn't going to eat it? How many chameleons got eight before they figured that out? <laughs> then how did the chameleon figure it out? You ever thought about all that stuff? And you sit there and look at God saying, it's me, man, it's me, it's me. Do you not get it? It's me. And we don't get it. The breath of God goes as far out as you can see in any direction that you look. It's God. Don't you see that? I see that. I like the breath of God. Then you get the length of his love. The breath of his love. That was the breath of his love. I like the length of his love. You know how long the length of his love is? Forever, man. <laughs> you know, 
uh, it says, he told Jeremiah, he told this one, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. How long is that? Well, that's like forever. <laughs> I'm like, but Lord, how? he said, I didn't say you. I didn't say you had to love me with an everlasting love. I'm telling you, I have loved you with an everlasting love. He said, the moment you trusted my son as your savior, he said, you got in on that thing. It's an everlasting love. Things future, not things that are now. Not all things below or above can make him his purpose forego or sever my soul from his love. Can't happen. You, couldn't, you cannot sever me from him if you wanted to. His love is eternal. It is eternal. It goes on. How about the Hebrews 13.8? Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. He says, I change not. I change not. I change not. I told you I was going to save you. I changed not. His love is forever. Brother, I got, I got eight pages of stuff here that I ain't going to go through because if I do, it'll be forever. Uh, the length of his love, I have loved thee. Oh, man, Jesus Christ the same. How much does he love me? His love is always the same. There are no interruptions in it. The length is an unbroken line. It isn't, oh, you got to do this or I'm not going to love you. If you don't do this for me, I'm going to cut you off. I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to cook your dinner. I'm not going to make your coffee. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do this, 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 this. It's not a trade-off. There's no trade-off. I don't have to trade anything off for his love. What, whatever may happen, it goes on. It's not variable. It is a constant. I've got a Lord that is constant. It's always been constant. His love is everlasting. Is the length of his love is eternal. I like that, man. Uh, it's a line, a straight line. It's not variable. It's, it's a, go, go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Just hold your finger there over in Ephesians. We'll be right back. John chapter 10. Man, I'll tell you what. I remember back when I was young in the Lord and I got saved. There were some passages of the scripture that just, I mean, just lit me up. I can't even tell you how, and they still do. And then I wonder over the years, I'm like, wow, Lord, how come I lost that stuff? Verse 25, Jesus answered, 1025, Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not. You know what your problem is? You don't believe. Jesus said, I could tell you time blue in the face. People said, well, if he would come and tell me, if he just raised somebody from the dead, no, he won't. That's a rich man. You won't get it then. You know what you got to do is you believe. He says, and I told you, Jesus said, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do, I mean, brought people back to life. He healed them, cured them from leprosy, gave them their sight back, did everything. He said, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Who do you, who do you follow today? You know who I follow? Jesus Christ. I'll tell you right off that. I follow Jesus Christ. I'm a lousy sheep. <laughs> I get all over the place sometimes. I get all messed up, and he comes out there and hits me with that rod and throws me back into the thing. But that's great. I like that. I know whose sheep I am. I'm his. When I hear my master call, I go that way. I don't always do the right thing, ask Beth, she'll tell you, but I do try. I do try. And I give unto them eternal life. Well, I remember when I was a young Christian, I read the thing, eternal life. I like the sound of eternal life. And they shall never perish. I like the sound of never perishing. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now, this is Jesus talking. So I'm in his hand. And if he's in heaven and the universe is out in front of him, he's got a pretty big hand. And, it, and if it takes hundreds of billions of light years to get across the universe, surely it's going to take me hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of billions of light years to get across his hand. But under that, he's got another big old hand underneath his hand, which is God's hand. And he goes, you ain't going to get out of my, God, my dad's hand. So my father, which gave them, is greater 
gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. The breath of the Lord is so big, the breath of his love, that when it comes just to the love of Christ, the love, the length of his love, you couldn't get out of it. You couldn't find the end of his love. You can't find it. It's, it's, it's unfathomable. You can't do it. He said, uh, he said, John, my sheep hear my voice. I'm trying to hurry. I'm trying to hurry. Page four. Romans 8.38. For I am persuaded. You all know this verse. Paul says, I'm persuaded. Are you persuaded today? I'm persuaded. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height or death. There is nothing going to stop me from getting there. There's nothing going to stop me from getting from his love. Things future, I already read that. Uh, Hebrews 7.25, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for, for them. You know what love is? His, the length of his love is forever. You can bet that from here on out, eternity. I just started this thing in 1980. But I think he loved me before 1980. Uh, he just, it took him a while to get me to where I needed to be for whatever reason, because I'm stupid, hard-headed, ignorant. And I got there and I jumped on the bandwagon in 1980 and I keep going and I don't want to stop. And I just keep going and I just keep going. And one of these days I'll take my last breath and I'll be in heaven. And when I get there, there's going to be people there that I have met along the path and they're already there. And I'm going to shout and scream with them and have a good time. And I'm going to go on and I'm going to say the length, the length of his love is forever. The depth. How deep is his love? It goes on. Brother, he left his, I'm going to just, par- I'm going to go through something. He left his home in glory and came down here. I think this earth is about as far away from heaven as you can get. <laughs> Hell is a little bit further. And he went there for you too. He went everywhere that you'll never have to go. He went there. Boy, you can thank him for that. The the descent to earth, the birth, the suffering. He suffered at the hands of men. Uh, The misunderstanding of man. He suffered from the weariness and hunger and thirst. Men lame and cruel. I mean, oh man, cruel isn't even the word. Have you ever thought about what Jesus Christ did for you? The depth of his love for you? It goes on and on and on. The death of the cross. How about that one? How about, how about the, the, imagine if you can, him staggering under the weight of that cross. I mean, I've read, I've seen the, them do the stations across over there. I've seen guys carry crosses with wheels on it down in Pensacola. But I mean, the, the size of those crosses, they hung them guys on, and Jesus Christ had that after being beat like he was. And he did that because he loved me. The depth of his love, it goes on and on. Uh, Romans 10, as it is written, there is none righteous. And he did that for us. And I could go on and read all those passages. He did that for us. There is none good, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single one of them, you start reading that, it's us. That's right. And he died for you before you even, he, he, before you even knew who he was, he died for you. Brother, I'm telling you what, it, it is the craziest thing in the whole wide world. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all come short of the glory of God. In our natural state, we're a mess. We're just a mess. But God commended his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm sitting there going, the depth of his love toward me. And Paul's sitting there, if you could just come. You know what's wrong with a lot of us, I believe, is we don't ever sit down and, and just thank him for what he's done. Or think about what he's done. And think about where you're headed. If you'd stop and just say, look, I'm headed to heaven. That's where I'm headed. 
If you're not headed there today, today's a good day to find out how to get there. But if you are headed there, you need to stop sometimes and think, this is where I'm headed. I am headed to heaven. And, and one day I'm going to be there with him for all eternity. What am I going to do in eternity? What am I going to do when I'm there? I can't just sit there and do nothing all day long. I mean, i got to do something. What am I going to do in heaven? All you ever stop and think about that stuff? I mean, surely, I mean, we're going to be glorifying God all day long if he's all in all and everywhere at one time, and omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing everywhere at one time. If he's all this stuff, then everywhere I go, he's there. I can't ever get away from him. So I'll be glorifying him forever, but I mean, I've got to be doing something. I can't believe he built all this stuff. He goes, you'll figure it out when you get here, Mike. Greater love had no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. You know what Jesus Christ did? Before I knew him, if that other verse is right, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He considered me his friend. 2,000 years ago, he laid his life down for me. Knowing that 2,000 years ago, I was going to find him. And I was going to find that door and go through that door. Have you ever stopped and thought about how much he loves you? Paul says there, it's the breadth, the length, the, the height, and then this last one, or the depth and the height. This one's a quick one. I'm just going to go through it real quick. The height of his love. I'll tell you how, how it's heaven. One of these days, you are at nighttime. Go out in the middle of the ocean. Get on a ship somewhere. No, you can't. There's, there's not a, a cruise ship anywhere. You, can, you need to get on a Navy ship. Because, no, the reason I'm saying this, or you go out there on a trawler or something where they shut all the lights off at nighttime. And nobody can see you. And then you can see the stars out in the sky. And you start seeing that. One of these days, realize that absent from the body, present from the Lord, and you're not going to be here. Paul said in Ephesians 1.13, in whom ye also trusted that after ye had heard the truth, the word of the truth of, of the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye had ye believed, ye were sealed with that. You're sealed. Now, brother, the, 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 the height of his love, he sealed you, so you're going to get there one day. Heaven is your, your destination. Heaven is it. This place down here is not, I, hey, I had fun down here. But this place is not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something out there. My, this world is not my home. I'm seated. I read that a little while ago. Seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus right now. And I'm secure. 3.5. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. As it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit. That the Gentiles. You ought to be thankful. You know what the Jews problem was? They thought it was all about them. And they, they didn't want nothing to do with the Gentile. We were unclean, we, and the Lord had to drop some food down in front of Peter three times to get him to see it before he went to Cornelius. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. Brother, I don't know about you, but I'm secure. I'm sealed, I'm seated, and secure in heaven. Now, we got an old song that we sing all the time. Take the world, but give me Jesus. That's a great song. It's in our little great hymns of the faith. Take the world... But give me Jesus. Take the world, but give me Jesus. All his joys are but a name. But his love abideth ever through eternal years the same. Oh, the height and depth of mercy. Oh, the length and breadth of love. Oh, the fullness of redemption. Pledge of endless life above. Take the world, but give me Jesus, sweetest comfort of my soul. With my watching or 
With my Savior watching o'er me, I can sing though billows roll. Take the world, but give me Jesus. Let me view his constant smile. Then throughout my pilgrim's journey, light, my cheer, light will cheer me all the while. Take the world, but give me Jesus. In his cross my trust shall be. Till with clearer, brighter vision, face to face, my Lord, I see. Oh, the height and depth of mercy. Oh, the length and breadth of love. Oh, the fullness of redemption, pledge of endless life above. Now, brethren, I don't know what the height and the depth and the length, and the other one, height, depth, length, breath. I couldn't figure that thing out if you gave me a figuring stick. There's four things there. I can only think of three. And I don't know how you'd put the, but it's there. And one of these days we're going to be with him, and we're going to see the height, and the breadth, and the length, and the depth. And we're going to fully understand, but right now he's given us some stuff that this world don't have. If you're in here today and you don't have that, you can have that. It's free. It doesn't cost a dime. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The key is believing. But the rest of us, man, you got this stuff. And we're getting ready to have a Thanksgiving this week. And, and we're going to eat turkey and all that other stuff if, if you don't. If you got to eat some turkey, come over to the house, man. I mean, uh, there are going to be enough people over the house that you can blend in and nobody even know you're there. Uh, just, we've got a big enough parking lot out front, too. You can park. So just come over, man, if you're looking for a place to go and get a, a piece of meat. We're going to eat plenty of meat. Uh, there's going to be some other stuff too. But you know what? If, if that's all it's about, I see people go in these stores and buy their stuff and they're just, it's like, they're just like robots. I'm sitting there going, Lord, boy, I sure, I'm thankful for the 65 years you've given me. I'm thankful for what you've given me that I can watch. I thank you for flashing lights. At least I got lights that flash. I said, they, they flicker and people say, you're getting to do something about those lights. Man, thank God I got something that flashes, man, gets my attention. You know, every now and then you need something to get your attention. That's what the Holy Spirit does. You know what your friends do sometimes? They get your attention. You know, what, you know what people who irritate you do sometimes? They get your attention. God puts thorns in your flesh. You know why? To get your attention. Well, I sure thank him for the attention that he got. I thank, you. I thank him that I got saved. I thank him if you were saved in here today. I thank him for the opportunity to even tell somebody about Jesus Christ. And I thank him for another breath that I get to take. And one of these days, absent from the body, present with the Lord, I get to go out of here. And the Lord's going to take me. And I hope he takes us all at the same time. The rapture occurs. And we all get to go right now. But if he don't, and some of us go by the way of the grave before we get to the rapture, I just hope, I hope that you are saved and on your way. Father, thank you for your blessing today. And Lord, I, I don't even claim to understand all that about the breadth and the height and the depth and the, the length. Uh, but Lord, I know that you do, and you had our brother Paul write it. Lord, help us to be thankful for all the stuff you did. And Lord, the eyesight, the ears, the fingers, the toes, and uh, Lord, everything else, and the, uh, the friends around us, and the fellowship, and just the moments we get to be with them. Lord, bless now as uh, we have the uh, invitation, and, and Lord, then we go our separate ways. Bring us back safely tonight. And Father, again, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.